There is a podcast about an island in the North Atlantic where people have been looking for an incredible treasure for more than 200 years. And welcome back to Could It Be? An Oak Island podcast. We are your hosts, Deidre and Dustin White. Hey, what's up, babe? How you doing? Fine. No need to yell at me. I'm right here. Well, I'm right here too. We're here. Are you yelling at the listeners? What is up listeners? How's it going? (laughs) Uh, We are here to discuss season 10, episode two of the Curse of Oak Island across the pond. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Across the pond. Across the pond. Um, They had a a big field trip in this episode. Really stop yelling. What did you think of the uh, field trip in this episode? I thought it was good. It was great to see Gretchen. It was. And you know, it's always good to see Gretchen. We always love us some Templar. And I think there was some really interesting uh, finds across the pond and on the island, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a very fun episode. I always like when they do these international trips. Um, it was uh, pretty, pretty fun. Hey, uh, before we get going on the episode itself, I have a question to ask you. Um, so, like... Deidre and I, you know, we're uh-huh. married. We share an Amazon account. Yes. Okay. I got an Amazon notification that says there are, I can find a deal right now on SunPal metal detector pinpointers. SunPal? I, I don't know. Whatever. That's the brand name, I guess. But a pinpointer metal detector. I have not looked up anything to do with metal detectors mm-hmm. lately. Have you? Yeah, it's been quite a while. The only thing I know about metal detectors is mine lab, yo. Okay, well, what I'm just saying is the my phone mm-hmm. knows what I watch, and they hear lots of beep, 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 metal detectors and stuff, because <laughs> I do, you know, watch on the phone, mm-hmm. and I watch on the TV, but, like, when I'm doing notes, sometimes I bring up the phone and watch it through the phone. Anyway, like, somebody's watching uh, what we're doing, and they know that we're into metal detectors without, like, searching for metal detectors. And they know that we're awake? Sure. Maybe it's what Santa wants. So, to bring is, you. are you saying are you saying that Santa Claus is like watching you? He, okay, he sees me when I'm sleeping. He knows when I'm You're awake. awake. Yes, all that. But it, are you saying he's going to bring me a metal detector? Uh huh. Is, is this like a hint? No. Oh. You'd have to ask Santa. Okay. Well. That's yeah. all. Okay. Well, um, anywho, <laughs> back to uh, uh, season you started this. season ten episode two. Um, would you like to discuss the episode? Of course, that's why I'm here. Like, that's what we're here for. So, yeah, I'd like to discuss it. We're going to go area by area this time, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of chronological order. Last time we had a two-hour episode, and it was a bit much to dissect. Sure. So, yes, we are here uh, to do the episode in the order which you picked. So, what area do you want to talk about first? Oh, I did not pick. I say because we've got so much... Okay, so little information on the money pit after this episode. Mm-hmm. Let's just, let's get the money pit. Out of the way? Out of the way. The pit day money. Pit day money. Yeah. Let's get the money pit out of the way. All right, so at the beginning of the episode then, mm-hmm. we did see some money pit action. Yes. And we saw that Choice Sonic Drilling was working on Borehole DN 12.5. Yep. How do you feel about DN 12.5? That's fine. Good job. You don't, you don't have any... 
No. Feelings uh, about point, this point 0.5. I mean, that seems still like a nice no, round I'm, number. DN. What I do <clears> know is I like it because we're following a path mm-hmm. that as Clotworthy explains to us is we're trying to find that tunnel, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's near the garden shaft formerly known as shaft 12. Yes. Cool. Thank you. What what opinion were you trying to get out well, of? Well, like at first you were defending or you were um, you were going all up against the 0. 0.5 uh, numbering system. And that's no. not what I was talking about. Oh, okay. So I was just saying, what do you feel about the progress made on it and what they're doing there with it? Well, we'll get into that a little further. Sure. All right. So um, what, what went down on the episode was we had uh, Terry and Paul in, inspecting that first choice sausage that hit the table. Mm-hmm. And it was received from a depth of 88 feet. Correct. Uh, Terry says that it's just as Mother t- uh, Nature put it in the ground. And uh, he says that there is in situ materials above and below. So there has to be a tunnel. As, as a- above, so below. As above, so <laughs> below. In between is an intact tunnel. <laughs> yes. That is all. Um- <laughs> Get some uh, Freemason talking to the episode without getting your Freemason talking to the episode. Yeah, well exactly. Well, I mean, there's probably a lot more to come, actually. Yeah, Charles right. is there. So there was a flashback to the finding of the tunnel uh, the week before and the video that they took inside the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And I want to note that, so Clotworthy is explaining about DN 12.5 and that they're trying to intersect the tunnel again, like I had just said, and about five feet high, which is why they should hire me just to roam in tunnels. And then... They were trying to intersect it at 103 feet. Well, no, they found out 103 feet in the other tunnel. Okay, yes, from last week. So, and you can see when they pull up the map, there's certain ones where they've hit the tunnel again. You see the red dots show up, and then you get this projected path. Well, the projected path, when you look at it on the screen with all the overlays, it goes right through shaft two. Mm. Like the yellow projection line, and then shaft two is centered right in the center of it. Centered right in the center. And I'm like, okay. I don't remember. Was shaft two like completely failed or something? Hmm. Shaft two. Was that the one that was just um, X number of feet from the money pit that they were talking about last season? I don't remember. I. I- Thinks. It's been on my maps for a while because it's to the what north to the eastern if, side. If you want to wait, I could look through my old notes. No, I don't want to wait. Okay. I just want to say I thought it was very interesting that it projected directly through what they're saying was shaft two. Mm-hmm. And that's to be considered. They're already going down the garden shaft. If you know where shaft two is mm-hmm. in theory, because remember they went through and hit all those horizontal whatever's yeah and maybe they didn't actually hit shaft two maybe maybe they hit this tunnel Mm. instead and they assumed it was shaft two and they assumed it to be shaft two based off of the information they had and really shaft two isn't there it's you know slightly to the north or whatever like everything else seems to be maybe i just wanted to say 
I noticed and that I thought that was very interesting. And again, I want to see the seismic data again. Are you talking about the line that the yellow line that they projected? Yeah, the yellow projected line. Yeah, because that was like something that was added after the fact by Prometheus. That's like not that's not Steve's actual line. No, literally they they I think they kind of projected a line almost like straight uh, north that was like didn't exactly follow what the tunnel looked like. Well, because the flow of the water is like what north, north to south or northeast to sh- sure. south, and I think the projected line was slightly like north northwest, yes, to south, right, and that's where they're well, going through. But Steve, on AutoCAD or ArcGIS or any of those, you can project a line based off the data that you have where they've already had. You, so you think Steve put that yellow line? No, on No, what okay. I think is we've interviewed him in the past. And asked him about like the animations, and he said that they do confirm with him. Like they'll call and be like, "Hey, is you know trying to make sure things are kind of like closely correct." Okay. So I think even if it didn't go bullseye through what is theoretically shaft two, it it's very possible that they could have hit it. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. Because later in the episode, we hear Paul go, I think we need to delineate it a little bit from east to west since we're getting our north to south. Yep. So clearly they don't know how wide it is, but that is all. That's my two cents. Or, yeah, literally two cents or my <laughs> two shaft. So if you it's will. your two toonies. My, my two toonies. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, Nice uh, observations there. You know, and they did pull dates when they thought they hit shaft 12 and the wood that came out of there. Does that line up with the 1700s? Don't know. What does the composition look like compared to the other wood samples? These are things I need to know. Well, maybe you'll find out next week. Next week on the Curse of Oak Island. Yeah, possibly. Okay. So um, That's all. Yes. Uh, Rick and Scott arrived Mm -hmm. and they brought along Craig uh, and Paul gave them all a progress report. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next choice sausage from a depth of 98 feet uh, hit the uh, Terry's operating table there. And Terry said that is incredible that they have firm material above that point and now that they have entered the structure. So, booyah. So they, when their recording was happening, was what? 103 feet. Mm -hmm. So 98 only five feet away so so that makes sense being well, the top of the tunnel and then maybe yeah and who knows what like the money pit looked like when it was being when that shaft or that tunnel was being built you know because mm-hmm. it could have been you know the elevations have changed <laughs> drastically well, the elevations have changed but they know how much the pad is that they've put up there steve has said in our past interviews that they take into calculation like what the pad is that they put down because they have that data but also, like, five feet is the shaft size. So. Yeah, but say if you're tunneling back mm-hmm. then, you know, if you, maybe you decide you need to go down a few feet and you, you know, you tunnel over, then you tunnel down a little bit and you tunnel, keep tunneling over. I mean, that could be a thing, too. It could be. It, just, I mean, it all depends. I don't know. We'd have to be able to go into the past and ask uh, previous tunnelers. Sure. All right, so uh, in a side interview, Rick asks, what um, is a wooden structure doing at that depth in that area? 
you know, the garden shaft yep. toward the garden shaft. And why, and it was, why was it previously ignored? Yeah. Well, AKA I'm, shaft 12. I'm kind of asking you that question, right? Why, why you previously ignored it? You know, he, he gave a lot of attention to that area, but not for digging, not for tunneling, more for building the garden. Well, they remember Dan Hensky. So shaft 12 is the one. And we saw this, I think in the Maddie Blake special. And just like he did with shaft, nine or whatever walks over and goes oh yeah there's that that so it's here and then they dug it up to preserve it right so that's what happened with that shaft and they just i think assumed i don't know if they tested the wood or not maybe but the people that put that tunnel down we don't know definitively because we can't hop through time did they already know where the original money pit was that's all yeah hey uh before we move on i do want to give a shout out to the people that showed up in chat today yeah thank you hello people hello friends in facebook land and youtube land uh we are not ignoring you we see you so thank you so much for being here appreciate it all right so what's the next section of uh the money pit of said money pit i mean we have a couple check-ins at the money pit but that is really it so like after metal detecting on lot seven they check in and they've reached a depth of 108 feet Woo! that's it (laughs) and then that was all we got there and then let's see here i think there was one other check in and they were like yep you're gonna want to see what's going on here and that was really it. it like Whoa. Yeah. So, uh, well, what, you want to chat about lot seven then? Yeah, let's do lot seven. And that's some metal detecting action with uh, uh, your your best friend. <laughs> with Sir Gary of Drayton. Oh, woo, 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 woo. I was talking about Jack Bagley. Yeah. <laughs> he's your other best friend. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, Gary Drayton, metal detecting ninja, as uh, Maddie Blake likes to call him. Yes. All right, so they are doing some uh, some stuff. They already had some uh, bad flags. Yeah, down. yeah. They and they, you know, we had a, like a little narration from Claude Worthy saying, "Well, Laird Nevins already approved these for digging, you know, uh-huh. so he's already well aware." They did. They went out and, you know, double double did it, uh-huh. and it's the dynamic dynamic duo behind the scenes that you don't get to see, Laird and Gary, because you know. They got to work together. They do. Laird has to approve him digging them up. and He's not going to be there for it. And Gary's got to put flags down and get approval. So really, they have to work seamlessly together. Uh, I wish we saw more of that dynamic duo. Yeah, I used to think, well, and it it almost looked kind of obvious, but back when um, (laughs) Laird first came on full time, I don't think Gary liked Laird very much. He didn't because he had had, you know, bad experience with archaeologists or per you know, conversations we had had with Laird. But after a couple of times them working together, they realized, he realized, okay, he's not going to be like the others that I've had a bad experience with. And then they, I guess, dynamic duo, BFFs. Sure. I bet they are. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but that's the story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I've only ever heard them say good things about each other. That's true. So that's cool. All right. Um, yeah. So we got Gary and Jack out there. Uh, there was a flashback right before they started doing their duty. Um, of last week, finding that potential coin mm-hmm. um, 
over on lot eight, I believe it was, or was it lot seven? They did seven and eight, so mm -hmm. it was one of them lots. Well, they're right next to each <laughs> other, right and we know lot eight has pulled up like lots of good finds, like the other Bobby Dazzlers, like the brooch that they talk about, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. All right, so Gary identified a target. Jack got out his uh, his trusty shovel and went to town. And went to town. And they found uh, something that mm -hmm. like lit up um, Gary like a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah, he he was pretty darn excited. What'd they find? Well, it's another Bobby Dazzler. Oh my goodness, we haven't had a like a true blue Bobby Dazzler in a couple episodes, oh, a couple seasons. Uh, this is a true blue mm. Bobby Dazzler. I it can't is. wait to see it like cleaned up and preserved. Well, they need to get Kelly Barrasso on at stat. Next week on the Curse of Oak Island. Hopefully, yeah. So they did find what appeared to be a piece of jewelry. Yes. And uh, yes, it was another Bobby Dazzler. Uh, Gary noted that on uh, nearby Lot Eight, uh -huh. that's where they found that garnet brooch. Yep. Or we brooch. About... Is it brooch or brooch? Brooch. Brooch. Okay. <laughs> and Jack added that maybe this helps with Scott Clark's theory with the Masonic breastplate. Because they had found another gemstone. Well, uh, in and the that's same what area. Scott had said, right? Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, great. I feel bad. Like last year, I don't know what it was. Maybe the kids were sick. Maybe it was just a number of things. But like that was one of the episodes we didn't get to recap. Yeah. With Scott Clark. And that was like a, a really good episode. Yeah. With lots of fun ideas. Well, yeah. Incredible. I feel Scott oh, Clark yeah. felt very credible and just wanting to be helpful yeah in my opinion yeah no he he was great i loved his ideas i really did mm -hmm. um so they did give us a brief a flashback to scott clark's theory right. from last season with the masonic uh breast and plate and the ceremonies and mm -hmm. uh basically you know to boil it down it was they would wear like the, these masonic priests would wear these breastplates while they're doing a ceremony mm -hmm. to retrieve the ark of the covenant from a buried uh you know from the garden shaft well possibly but from, from somewhere that's where it's been buried or mm -hmm. where it's been in the ground and i mean that just rings all sorts of bells right that's what we want right so pretty cool all right um and then uh we do go to oak island uh interpreter center uh, -huh. uh to check on that artifact yes we do and uh i wrote in the notes uh our oak island interpreter center in parentheses lab because that's what deidre likes to call it now it's the mad scientist lab with all the cool equipment. Okay. Next week I'll put mad scientist lab in parentheses. Okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, Gary and Jack arrived to show off that Bobby Dazzler uh -huh. to Laird and Rick, and they want them to render, you know, their opinion on the artifact. And we get a boom, baby. Boom, baby. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, it's almost he's like, so stoked. It's almost like he slaps it down on the counter, but you know, he's not trying to hurt the artifact, but he's no. like, bam, here it is. Take a look at this guys. <laughs> And uh, he's just super stoked to tell uh -huh. Rick and Laird that he had found, or he and Jack found together, another uh, piece of jewelry. Well, and they time. walk in, is it, what's Rick say? Oh, they're both smiling. <laughs> you know, like, it's going to be something good. He, he His instincts served him well. They sure did. Yeah. And he's probably thinking, oh, I wish I was there to dig that one up. Well, you can't have all the glory, Rick. You can't have all the Bobby Dazzlers. <laughs> you got to share. Well, Rick's found like two or three of the best ones with Gary. Right? So. Uh, Rick says, uh, let's see it. <laughs> and Gary pulls it out of a bag and shows him. And um, 
like Rick literally says, "Oh wow!" <laughs> like he is he's literally wowed. Yeah. By this piece of jewelry, Laird, uh, you know, confirms it definitely is a piece of jewelry, and it's definitely decorative. Jack said that you wouldn't be wearing that while working on the field. So what was it doing on lot seven? Laird's like, "Yeah, I wouldn't think so." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, I wear all my Bobby Dazzlers when I'm working." <laughs> In, well, uh, out there Deidre actually does no I don't oh man I have pictures of you digging a hole in New York with your like five thousand dollar ring oh, yeah on your finger about and that. you didn't take it off you probably one of your little uh uh diamonds fell out of it probably in that hole probably that fell out a long time ago okay <laughs> well it just shows that you're you're rough with your uh your fine jewelry you wouldn't be just like you know I would with my all my fake jewelry too what like i mean i treat it all equally now i, know, I just don't wear very much that's what i'm saying yeah okay that was in the past <sighs> yeah but you were just saying yeah i wouldn't wear jewelry out yes you would okay, okay you're right if i really just like if i even if i looked nice out walking in heels and whatever and i knew i need to you know go pull a few weeds i just go do it and then go back and change everything i don't think this was the case though okay so you don't think some like, you know. No, I'm one in a billion. So. No, you're one in eight billion because that's how many people are on the earth right now. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so they answered the jewelry to be viewed by the Fisher brand 425 series zoom stereoscopic microscope. Ooh. That sounds fancy and sounds fun. Sounds expensive. <laughs> sure does. Uh, which can enhance the object up to 50 times its actual size. I mean, that doesn't seem very uh, zoomy when you think about microscopes. Really? I don't know. Remember their electron microscope over at uh, uh, St. Mary's University? It zooms in like 200,000 times. Yeah, well, he's not looking to zoom in <laughs> to the point of he can like click on it and it says, ooh, this is made up of gold. They That's what they have uh, Christophe Rousseau. That's true. All right. So, uh, but Gary here, he says, oh, that's a right Bobby Dazzler <laughs> with a gleam in his eye. I'm telling you. That I'm ready for the audio clip because okay. then when I say something quite clever, I can be like, oh, that's all right, Bobby Dazzler. Well, that's going to be on you to capture it. So I'm working on rebuilding the soundboard. Good, good. All right. Rick does, you know, he agrees. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. Um, and it's a, it's a beauty. All right. Mm -hmm. says Gary. <laughs> like Gary is not. Uh, there's, there's, he has no problem. Like he is talking this thing up because, well, why wouldn't you? It's a it's a gemstone it's a beauty, all right. found on Oak Island. It's Bobby Dazzler. <laughs> so they're looking at it under the microscope and it, you know, looks a little blue. And mm -hmm. so Rick asks Laird if it's a sapphire. Mm -hmm. Uh, Laird says he isn't sure, but it is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to go putting his reputation on the line until he's done proper analysis. Mm -hmm. He deals in facts. Not? Fiction. Sure. Not speculation. Uh, what was uh, the Steve quote? I deal with what? Not I deal with... Uh... Oh, yeah. What did he say? Uh, it was not year. theories. Yeah, he says like... <laughs> I can't remember. Oh man. I no. deal with something, not I deal with uh facts, not or I don't know. If anybody can remember that's listening to us in the chat. Yeah, we made fun of chat. him for it a lot last year. Yeah, it was it, with the oh, I only have facts or something like that. Yeah, I, I think it was on your old soundboard. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, there was a side interview where Rick basically says he wants the uh, who, what, when, where, and why and how of this artifact. And Jackie, thank you. 
I don't have opinions. I have facts. Booyah. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie, in the chat. We will continue to tease it. If you guys that. don't know Jackie, she's Queen Kong in the trivia um, realm. She's the she's one of the people to beat. Uh, we have all kind of trivia coming up here in a couple hours. Yep. So just saying, be there. Win something. Deidre's got... Uh, we, we'll talk about it at the end. But okay, I'll leave it then. Oh, okay. Well, you can win some cool stuff. Uh, maybe even a Bobby Dazzler or something. Um, all right. So where were we? Uh, yeah. Gary asks if you can imagine how long it took to build up the patina on that jewel. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack asks, could it be, you know, hundreds, hundreds of years? And Gary just replied, very, a very long, long time. time. And he had a very serious look on his face, too. He was not joking. No. <laughs> and he jokes a lot. For someone that's like so excitable, like yeah. he was like, bro. Oh, there's another <laughs> has time been there forever. He gives like this blatant face. <laughs> oh, because Laird says, we know it's not from the 1900s, right? He, and he's like, no. <laughs> like, don't insult me. <laughs> Pretty funny. Don't insult me, peasant. This <laughs> is not from the 1900s. That was Laird mm -hmm. trying to make a joke, and Gary did not take to it. <laughs> he called him a peasant? No. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, so uh, Laird says it's going to be interesting to analyze this, and Rick asks Laird if he's going to uh, guess the age. Yeah. <laughs> and Laird says, well, not from the 1900s. No. <laughs> so, in other words, no, I'm not going to no. guess. They'll make a ba great gif, Gary. No. No. <laughs> uh, Rick says that he looks forward to a date either from the style or the metal composition. Mm -hmm. So, that, uh, of course, that's something they'll Naturally. get on. Naturally. Uh, Laird is eager to get into the CT scanner to give them a better idea about the construction of the item. Uh, and maybe they'll have a look inside of it and they'll be able to clean it up a bit and use the XRF machine at that point. That's a Kelly Barasa job. Yep. And then uh, they'll be able to tell them the base metal and perhaps what the jewel is. So yay! lots of info incoming on this uh, Bobby Dazzler of a find. Uh -huh. so. Maybe we'll go see, was it Professor Luton Brain? Oh, I remember him. Yeah, because he told them about the Garnet brooch. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's another field trip. Yeah, but if I remember right, he was in Alberta, and that's really far away. Maybe they have a reason to go to Alberta. Maybe there's some archives there they want to look at. Two birds, one stone. That's the way they should be. Eagle going, Canada. Right? Maybe they can go talk to them. That's where they're from, too. That's, I think, all, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Hmm. Let's uh, group our stuff together. Be efficient. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Um. Gary says a uh, little bit of cleaning, a little bit of scanning, a little bit of celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Rick and Laird thank Gary. But um, who, who was it? Rick said, I think he already did, probably did some of that to him about celebrating. Yeah, he did. I bet they went and had something down at the mug that evening. Possibly. You've been there, right? I have a lot of times delicious foods <laughs> delicious foods yeah in a row i just didn't leave She's like, so they couldn't kick me i'm just out. gonna hang in the mug <laughs> yeah so but then gary like suddenly gets possessed mm -hmm. by marty lagina here he's like well i gotta go get back to work now he literally <laughs> like quotes everything that marty always says to him let's go get stuck in and yeah. get back to work and finding and grinding and oh man pretty funny mm-hmm um, the segment is ended. What did Gary say at the while I was leaving the, the uh, That's a gem of a find. Oh, Gary. Oh, Gary. Oh, Gary. You always got a good one to leave them with. Of course. Okay. So 
I think that was everything in the metal detecting realm, if you yeah, will, right? I think it's time to go on a field trip. Field trip across the pond? Across the pond. To see Miss Gretchen Cornwall? Yes, we had uh, Marty, Alex, and Charles uh, going on this field trip over the uh, pond, as they say. That's uh, what it looked like on the map, a very large pond. Yeah, they even have like like the Indiana Jones, uh, you know, uh -huh. flight path kind of deal. It would have been great if it was like a little dash line. It should have been. And then the plane. It should have been. They should have done that, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyways, Gretchen welcomes them with open arms, and she says she has been studying the Knights Templar for years, and she believes that this location is critical to their memory and to the connection to Oak Island. Yeah, they're in Royston, England, because I don't think we specifically said that that's true um and what did they say it was like established in 8 11 84 did i write that here no i oh. i added it when i went well, through and took additional i things. might I, I might not i might not have put that in there because it might be a trivia question well i need to talk about it oh you remember when do you remember what age the uh stone road is no, sorry, the paved area in the swamp? 1200s. 1984, 1200s. And in 1184, and it was an area once part of the Roman Empire. Roman baby. <laughs> I'm just saying there's some connections here. Just saying. Okay. Well, yes, they are there to check out this, um, like... Uh, <laughs> Kind of crazily carved what they call a cave, but it's really just a... A cave? I well, mean, it's cave -y. It's, it's a man-made cave. <laughs> well, and... They dug into the ground and... and Yeah. Carved all these... It's intense. Yeah, there's a bunch of carvings on the wall. It was intense. So mm -hmm. she invited them down. They went to go uh, take a look. Um, she wanted to show them the symbology and the connective tissue. Mm -hmm. uh, she, did, she led them down like a little small kind of alleyway uh -huh. and through a door that uh, there was something right above the door. Do you remember what it said? Watch your head. No. Oh. Mind your head. Mind your head. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And it looked uh, pretty disconnected to what anything you'd call like Templar-esque in my opinion. Oh, well, I agree. But when she tells us, you know, how and it was found, it kind of makes sense why it wouldn't look Templar-esque, if you will. Yeah, well, yeah, they go through the little doorway, down the hallway, mm -hmm. um, down the river and through the woods. and uh, Yeah, to the Templar initiation chamber we go. Exactly. <laughs> and so they got into the cave, and boy, oh boy, oh. it was a real eye-opener for uh, Marty, Alex, and yeah. Charles. So. Uh, Marty's <clears throat> eyes almost popped out of his head. Yeah, they don't really know how old this is, but Clotworthy explained that the Royston Cave's existence has been documented since at least 1742. Yeah, that's when they first documented it, Was which is when, as they talk about, a secret entrance was found in the construction of the town's marketplace. Mm -hmm. So I also think about like Indiana Jones and all these places where, you know, you duck into like one of the stalls or whatever, and then there's some secret back like spiral staircase <laughs> into a cave of wonders chamber Ch chamber of wonders like yeah. so i could see why it doesn't look templar-esque <clears throat> it was a hidden door you don't want it to say enter here templars yeah so but once you get in there there it, it doesn't do anything but scream templar 
Yeah. And then you open the door and it's like, Tah. yeah. So um, Marty looks around. His first impression when they entered the cave is that it was uh, there's more to this than he thought. And mm-hmm. you look around the cave and there's carvings uh, everywhere and it's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. So, And there's a reason they probably didn't bring Peter with them. He was scarred from the last place he went with Templar mm-hmm. carvings. Poor Peter. And the teeth whole situation. You know, he was in this episode, though. He was. Briefly. And it was during the debriefing of this, and he's sitting there like... <laughs> he's like, I remember. He's having flashbacks and going, mm-mm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, Alex. Alex is uh, very present in this episode. Yes. And he says that the size of this place is amazing, considering that it must have been dug by hand. Yep. And Gretchen confirmed it was indeed dug by hand, like a like, yeah, I like how she kind of throws that in there. Charles gets a little smirk. <laughs> he does. You know, and Char- like Alex is very present. Yeah. Charles is not. <laughs> Charles doesn't. I don't think he says a word in this episode. He's, but he's taking there. in the information, I feel like. He's present, but he's not like, at least we're not getting anything from Charles. Well, you're never going to get Templar secrets or <laughs> Masonic secrets from charles and i uh, saw gretchen do some posting online and she said how lovely it was you know to talk with charles and it it, it was you know she had a lot of really great things so they probably had some good conversations yeah not on camera Mm -hmm. hey um if you're interested gretchen has a new book coming out yeah i think it's this week i think week. it just came out actually yeah. uh for download i'm not sure if it's on amazon yet i think she posted something and said it might not be there i don't i don't know but she has a website gretchencornwall.com yes go check it out if you're interested in the book absolutely her books are great yeah just throwing it out there yep i uh, just want to want to share all right so um marty asked gretchen to give them some further background mm-hmm. on this uh, structure and Gretchen says that some people believe that this is a secret Templar initiation mm-hmm. chamber. And her theory is that there was a little structure above them uh, that was disguised as a market stall to hide the activity down there. I'm telling you, this is where Indiana Jones or whoever sneaks into the market stall <clears throat> in the movie and you're able to go down. That's why I didn't look very Templar-esque on the outside. Yeah. I like it. Yep. So there's it's literally just, you know, hidden... From in plain sight. Hidden in plain sight behind a market or, or I something. Love that That's so pretty much. good. All right. Alex then asks, uh, excuse me, he asks Gretchen what the length of the room is. And she says, um, you know, it is about 16 feet in diameter. 13. No, but then no. the middle is a 13 foot diameter. And that really catches um, Marty and Alex's attention. Mm-hmm. Like there immediately. It is again, because. When they were at uh, when they were at Portugal last year, yeah, they Sintra, yeah, Sintra. What was it? Well, uh, yeah, the initiation well, initiation well, initiation chamber. Just saying, and the <clears throat> diameter there being thirteen, roughly thirteen. And it said that Oak Island's money pit was thirteen feet in diameter originally as well. So uh, that's a triple that, according, threat. There. According to legend, yeah. Mm-hmm. We did get the flashback from Portugal too. Mm-hmm. That was a fun trip, I thought. Because we had Corian Mull and we had, you know, like Doug was out there. Was Peter or Peter? No, Alex was out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I thought they had a lot of fun and seeing like the 
the old Roman road mm-hmm. in Portugal and all that stuff. So, so I want to bring up then, uh, what was it last week for pregame? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Corian, uh, y'all, most of, you know, uh, those listeners, I went to, okay. Well, I went to Nova Scotia. <laughs> I know I can't, but, um, and I'm sitting in the mug, a lovely place. And who do I run into? Well, they ran it into you. It was a crazy random happenstance. It was more they run into you. You were they there did. eating, minding your I own business. I was there minding my own business. And who walks by me but Chris Morford in Corian Mall. And she was like, no, I did not just see that. No, I, I was just, I was shocked. Well, and then she like literally gets her phone out and starts texting with who, Chris? Chris I sent a group text. Oh. Because, you know, we have interviewed them before. I'd say they've become good friends. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, you know, did I see something? Like, or are you at the mug and anchor? <laughs> And they're like, what? And sure enough, they come walking back inside and they're as shocked to see me as I am to see them. No, I will not tell you what date I ran into them. (laughs) And no, I don't know how long they were there for. They could have just been on vacation for all I know. And for those of you that are here, I just want to show you proof, okay? Cross your fingers. I think we're going to see more of these guys this year. Who knows what they were doing there? No idea. I have. Well, what they were doing is having some dinner or mm. some supper, if you will, in Nova Scotia at the Mug and Anchor Pub. That's what I know. That's all I know, too. And that they're lovely company and quite hilarious. And just like the when we have met slash talked to them before. Crazy random happenstance. Fun stuff. So I just want to make sure. Keep an eye out because we are talking about Portugal and I instantly think of these lovely fellows. Yeah, they're good. They are good. They're good. They're good. They're good, good people. So thanks That's for all. sharing that once again. All right. Um, I didn't want anybody to miss their awesomeness. Yeah. That's really cool that you uh, happened upon or they happened upon you. Yeah. They even looked happy to see me. Yeah. Like they look <laughs> stoked actually. Yeah. They look like you look. Um, happy to see them but they look way happy to see you <laughs> <laughs> the looks on their faces when they saw me mm-hmm. and the response was you're the last person i thought i'd sit because i'm just sitting it was a quiet night at the mug and it was fairly late and just sitting there by myself eating my food having supper having supper <laughs> because i knew if i was gonna catch anybody it was gonna be at the mug that was wild wild awesome people good stuff all right back to the episode back to the episode all right back to the episode um so we got the flashback from portugal Mm -hmm. and then gretchen says that um there would have been uh english french and portuguese templar in this area going back to the 1100s and that checks a lot of boxes um, Marty says that he can be easily convinced that this cave is a temple or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he probably is convinced and Alex agrees, you know, he's like, yeah, yep. Alex is all in. Yeah. Uh, Marty wants to know if there are any connections to Oak Island here. And Gretchen says that she believes that there is. She points to the image of a crucifix, uh, that's carved in the wall yep. and says it's portrayed on, uh, the Island, um, as the, or 
how it connects to the island is the lead cross that Gary Drayton found. Mm -hmm. um, the famous Drayton's cross. Exactly. That also looks like the one from Dome. Dome. Oh, by the way, mm -hmm. like three weeks ago, I think, mm -hmm. we were watching The Amazing Race. Oh, yeah. And like literally they're in Dome, France, running through the um, gatehouse. Yeah, we look at each other like, I'm oh? like I'm like, that's the Templar prison right there. <laughs> of course, that's what comes to our minds. Who else? thinks of oh there's a templar prison there they, they didn't stop and see the templar prison they just went to the, like the castle there or whatever but no they stayed there at the castle yeah yeah like they're driving through right to come into like the last place mm -hmm. which is there yeah and they went there it is <laughs> there like it as is. they're driving yeah. through it i'm like i'm thinking to myself oh rick and peter and alex have been there yeah for sure <laughs> and apparently you guys are staying in the Templar prison tonight. <laughs> yeah, it was just something. It was. It was cool. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there that I remember that. It was pretty good. Um, anywho, uh, where were we? Now that we're disconnected, because I just said oh, that yeah. it, we also see this cross at yeah Dome. So we get the trifecta, the three. Yeah. And it's not, an you know, people have pointed out, it's not an uncommon uh symbol in christianity to see a cross depicting like a jesus with a bowed head slightly to the right mm -hmm. it is a thing yeah oh definitely i mm -hmm. mean we've seen that as gretchen mentions in iconography all through christianity i mean it's deidre would, deidre would know she's about to become a, a historian for uh the with, church yeah with within the church and i've been studying up on a lot of uh, she's about to be an archivist too i mean archivist and guess what it's they, kind of a big deal. I, okay, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but like Marty says that they've hired archivists around the country and around the world, and that's who we. That's how we meet Paul Stewart later on. That's right. Hey, I'm we, just we, saying we got somebody you could hire right here. I, I'm cheap I, rates. I'm put. I've got a kind of like a little library section and all that going in the other office. Dustin doesn't even know. I don't know of all that. I, I'm. I've. Things. I know things. She does know things. I know a lot of things, especially in the church histories. Yes. All right. Anyway, uh, yes. We <laughs> um Marty says that dimensionally the um you know the crucifix is the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it even has one arm shorter than the other, kind of like Drayton's cross. Yes. Alex does bring up photos of um, his trip to Dome, France. Yes. And the carving on the Templar prison that matches the lead cross and what matches what's here in Royston at the, you know, what yep. he's looking at. There was a recap of Dome. Yep. And the finding of Drayton's cross, both from season five. The at, year of 2017. Yeah. And it doesn't show, unfortunately, Peter's reaction to how those carvings were made at the Templar prison, which would have been with the teeth and fingernails right. of the Templars in prison there. Because he had an epic um, reaction mm -hmm. of disgust mm -hmm. and shock, terror, revulsion, all like, of that, all in one, all in his core. And he's like, oh. And then he thought, oh, and he got the dentist. Like, <laughs> it's lucky. I think his dad is a dentist, right? Yeah. So. So that's why. That's why he pained his teeth yeah, so much. It, it hurt him like in his soul. Yeah, because yeah. it's in his soul. <laughs> yeah. That poor guy. All right. So Gretchen points out another feature in the cave um, that the team would want to take a look at. And there's a brick up at the very top. 
Like you have to really crane your neck and look way up and you have to have really good eyesight. Um, and it literally, like it has numbers on it that match what is on the map that Xena Halpern provided to um, the team. Yeah. Is that a crazy random happenstance? Maybe. Like it could have been any four digit number written on that stone. So there's still a chance, though. Any well, that's like one in ten thousand. That's not yes. very good odds. No, it's one, not. One in but nine thousand nine hundred ninety. Still happens once. It would happen once, but it said uh, one three four seven mm-hmm. was carved into the stone. Yep. Into this, it is really like a brick. Yeah. That, that that's suspicious to me because, like, in thirteen forty seven, did they have those bricks? Maybe. Like they looked kind of more modern, didn't it? I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean. Not necessarily. It, did, it didn't look like, you know, it was made yesterday. No. It didn't look like it was made, you know, even 100 years ago, but it looked more modern than maybe uh, 1347. Well, I don't you, we don't, it's hard to say, right? But the idea being, and we've seen this in other locations where they carve a date in to somewhere like the, the Templars or whichever group, they carve a date when they have fled that location yeah. because then those that come behind them know this is when we left. this is when we left and they can kind of pick up their pieces because you know no no cell phones yeah right mm-hmm. and they're all just kind of following these abandoned trails to mm-hmm. like where where the safe place is well if this place is no longer safe they know that in that date this place was when they fled mm. And what if the Rochefoucauld family was the one inscribing that on the brick as they're leaving, fleeing? You or know. they had, you know, a connection to, or maybe they were a resource well, of. Zena's map says Rochefoucauld all over it. It does. And that's kind of where we're going to next, right? Yep, it is. Um, so Alex noted that the 13, 7, 1347 was mm-hmm. likely a departure date, like you and, and had uh, suggested. Mm-hmm. Um, Marty thought maybe the 1347 might be commemor- commemorative, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, commemorative. Hey, we're leave, peace out, mm-hmm. we're out of here. Clotworthy, um, you know, had a voiceover mm-hmm. and he explained that most Templar knights were executed in 1307, but many dispersed across Europe and their treasures were never found. So, this is 40 years after the Knights Templar were basically disbanded were publicly disbanded publicly or in at least forced underground more or less and figuratively and physically clearly uh gretchen adds that the figure on the wall behind charles move charles right there okay um could be charles is trying to cover it up yeah no Uh, roach calls over here how do you pronounce it is melusine melusine yes that was it melusine uh the sixth century um who the Rose? Okay, so um, I I don't know what I wrote. Melusine is the the mermaid, goddess, mermaid thing. person, half person, half fish. Fish, and many families believe that they were her descendants. Yes, including the Rochefoucauds, and she is featured on the Rochefoucauds' coat of arms. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I was trying to say there. Yes, there was a flashback uh, um, to the uh, Duke the Anvil voyage to Nova Scotia including um doug with his ship's log Mm -hmm. and uh, also season five (laughs) year 2017 man there's so much good stuff out of that season oh my gosh that season's excellent yeah uh where was i 
Um, Alex says that this might be too much of a coincidence to not be the case. Uh -huh. So Alex is on board. Marty's getting on board. Charles is already there. Uh -huh. <laughs> Gretchen is leading them uh, to maybe some answers. Uh, Marty says the voice in cave has delivered and was just as interesting as Gretchen said it would be. Um, Alex, you know, gets out his phone. And he's like, I got to take some videos for Rick. Yeah. He's like, got to get some uh, videos for uncle Rick. And Marty's like, Oh yeah, he'll want those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marty says that they do double duty in this trip and they're going to check in with one of their expert archivists, uh, Paul Stewart that lives in London. Uh -huh. And they thank Gretchen for bringing them to Royston. Thank you, Gretchen, for Thank bringing you, Gretchen. us to Royston. Hey, it was fun. I mean, if, if even if like it's not connected to Templar, like for whatever reason, mm -hmm. it was really cool to see and really cool to learn more about it. No, absolutely. She always brings more to the conversation, and I appreciate that. Of course. Good stuff. So should we go to the National Archives mm -hmm. and then go to the wrap-up with them? Well, that would, that would right? be the logical path. I'm, that's why I'm asking. Mm -hmm. Logic isn't always in your wheelhouse. Oh, <laughs> oh sick burn. Got me. Ouch. Uh, all right. So the National Archives for in Q, 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 Q England. I would it's, love to go there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's just outside of uh, like london proper i looked up where it was it's like on the river thames you mm -hmm. know it's like it's right it's there it's one of those places we looked up in that treasure hunt map of the dead man I, I, we need more map of the deads in this world mm -hmm. it's so good that was, that was good such one. a great treasure hunt all right uh back to this to the uh episode yes marty alex charles paul stewart mm -hmm. not troutman so we got a different paul here we got a second paul yep Second Paul. <laughs> Is it a book? A Bible? Right. I mean, we have second Matthew. We don't have second Paul. Maybe there's an Oak Island Bible. I'm now. saying maybe it's maybe it's a maybe it's something that hasn't been discovered yet. Yeah. It's in the Dead Sea Scrolls somewhere. In the money pit. It's in the money pit. <laughs> they're dissolving oh as my we gosh. speak. Second Paul. Mi missing books of the Bible are hidden in the money pit. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, anywho. Uh they're at the National Archives. <laughs> That's where Second Paul is. <laughs> No, second Paul is in England at the National Archives. All right. Okay. All right. So second Paul <laughs> is one of the international researchers that the Laginas have hired to search historical archives in the hopes of finding clues to help solve the Oak Island mystery. You know, with all their uh, satellite groups they have <laughs> around the world, which is exciting. Well, why isn't there one in Vancouver, Washington? Maybe there is. Maybe there will be. <laughs> okay, so Second Paul says that he's found relative, uh, re relative, relevant information about the Duke, about Duke Danville, uh -huh. and the Rose <laughs> Cold family. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, and so he leads those the guys into the National Archives to um, show them what they he has found. Yes. All right, so Paul shows them some captured documents, which are yes. really cool. Yeah, those are awesome. I, I would have loved to see that. I didn't realize that was a thing, personally. Capture documents? It makes a lot of sense. That is really cool. Well, right, they say if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So that's why you would get rid of written evidence if you were trying to keep something secret. But these capture documents mm -hmm. uh, for, was it The Lively? Yep. Was a British merchant ship that was captured by... None other but the Duke D'Anville's fleet over by Nova Scotia. Dun, dun, dun. Plot thickens. Document was signed by Duke D'Anville himself in January 1746. And being so early in the year, it could mean that he made more than one trip 
in the area that year. That's pretty, uh, that's pretty big. Yeah, and considering we have the ship's log. He's going back and forth from France to Nova Scotia mm -hmm. over and over. What yeah. the heck's he doing out there? So we have January 1746 on these capture documents. Mm -hmm. And then we have the ship's log that Doug had brought us before from September of 1746, which is interesting yeah man i wish we had the audio from that um episode where doug is talking about the ship log yeah because is it confirmed that that's from duke d'anville like for sure or no i i don't remember we, i have stopped re-watching season five but like it's such a good season and there's so much good information that comes out of that one i i feel like that takes it's worth taking a look at again and finding out I I just I love the idea mm -hmm. because you know Paul not Paul Stewart mm -hmm. Paul first second Paul, Paul. oh first Paul first Paul he's over there you know you know this is back before he's even really a, uh, an official member of the Fellowship of the Dig right and he's talking to how yeah we're gonna dig a pit on the seashore and deposit a large amount of treasures and it's like ding 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 right and it wasn't <laughs> long before that that we had Randall Sullivan on with like shakespeare's manuscripts talking about to dig a pit upon the shore yeah right so all of it's just like one thing leading to another leading to another to uh it's it's building a case okay this here is we say we have all these missing puzzle pieces but we're talking about puzzle pieces like on the other sides of the pond and they're finally joining together to make the outline of the puzzle finally so you got the border we almost have, if we can get the border, we can get to the rest of it. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. All right. So there was a side interview where Alex explained that the documents prove that Duke D'Anville mm -hmm. uh, was active in the area and he was more familiar with the area than they had imagined. And maybe had made more trips to the area than they had imagined. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was funny that Alex is talking about himself like this. Yeah, I know. It is weird. Well, his great, 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 Uncle. great uncle second uncle is that what we uh that's what we had uh i guess guys on? if you haven't seen it go to our facebook page and our group mm -hmm. and go to the places alex is a copy and paste of the duke d'anville they look Get like that guy a wig they're related yeah put a wig on him and bob's your uncle i mean that's like no and the duke's your uncle and the duke's your <laughs> uncle like it looks just like him i mean they are they are one and the same. They are the same person. Mm -hmm. Is Alex just a time traveler? It's possible, but it's like the genes are strong in that one. Like, I want to know mm -hmm. if the Duke actually had curly hair because, you know, Alex clearly does. Don't they say that they're Italian? I don't know. No, they're French. <laughs> like, they're French uh, They uh, probably peoples. intermingled. And you know <laughs> what? The genes were strong in your great, 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 great great you great uncle or grandfather or whatever. grandfather twice removed i don't care like that was can you have a grandfather that's twice removed i have no idea because i don't know but like it oh, looks man. like him copy paste the eyebrows the eyes the nose spot on mouth yep here i, I could pull up a picture real quick Oops. oh that's a picture of my face no, that's a picture of you hold on am good. i the only picture okay no uh let's see screenshots but we like you had brought this up a long time ago and we've been talking about this for how long 
They're the same person, peeps. Oh, it's not are. quite focused, but Hold that's on. okay. I think I think it's actually a better picture of this one. There you go. Yeah. They are the same person. Pull it back. Alex and the Duke oh, Danville. You can't see the Duke's face. <laughs> His face is all, you know, he's like, no, you will not give there our it secrets. Is, there it is. Look at that. They're the same person. For those that are just listening, yeah, you, guys you are... need to go back to the video at around what I don't even 55 know. 55 minutes and 55 seconds. Booyah. All fives. Yeah. Go check it out. Um, YouTube.com slash Oak Island Podcast. You can find it there or uh, at 5555. Yeah, or at uh, Facebook.com slash Oak Island Podcast. And yeah, I'm telling you, this is the conspiracy theory that we should be latched onto because that's pretty solid evidence yes like I charles i don't feel like we have any solid evidence against him with a theory it's just fun but this is crazy yeah all right back to the episode and back to the episode <laughs> <laughs> all right so um paul next shows them some documents from admiral admiral anson uh did, did I get a? I didn't get a first name. Anson. Yeah. Oh, I don't know that we did get one. Oh, Lord George Anson. There it is. That's his name. Uh, gosh, I, I have to go on a tangent real quick. Okay, but before you do, that was a perfect insert for Ancestry.com. Should try to pair with <laughs> the Laginas and see if their roots trace back to the Duke. Yeah. Well. They should. Mm -hmm. Okay. But um, my, my tangent is the word Lord, yes. Lord George Anson. You can be a Lord if you win Oak Island trivia this season. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say like, that's what, that's one of the grand prizes that in a golden gnome, you can win. This, we're, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Oak Island trivia at the end of the podcast, but Oak Island trivia, you'll win a golden gnome and you can win the title of Lord or lady of Scotland. Just saying. Because be. that, that's what's going to be bestowed upon the winner. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bestowed is a good way to put that. Yeah. All right. So Paul, um, he shows them, Paul Stewart mm -hmm. shows them the uh, Admiral Anson's captured documents of uh, somebody he caught um, from one of Duke Dionville's fleet. Right. And uh, so he, okay. According to Paul Stewart, Admiral Second Anson. Paul. Yeah, Admiral Anson seemed to have had an interest in collecting intelligence on the Duke D'Andrew's fleet and had information on what his fleet had been up to. Mm -hmm. That's what he was trying to collect. Clotworthy uh, goes into an explanation of who George, Lord George Anson is. Mm -hmm. He's a highly revered member of the British Navy. According to the narration of Clotworthy, Anson had targeted ships that were part of the fleet of... Uh, 1776 for Duke Dionville's expedition to Nova Scotia. Yep. All right. So the next document that they take a look at is the capture of the, the Diamant, Diamant uh, headed by Captain Hookwart. It sounded like diamond, but I'm just saying maybe I'd treasure on the mind. Maybe. Uh, headed by Captain Hookwart, who was taken prisoner when the ship was captured. Um, Paul Stewart went on to tell a story that Captain Hookwart had been given a very hard time in prison, in captivity, because uh, they were trying to extract information about what he did before he was captured. Mm -hmm. um, Paul says that they wanted to know uh, what they were up to and when they were, uh, like, what they were doing off the coast of Mahone Bay. He threw in the Mahone Bay. Mm -hmm. 
maybe just off the coast of Nova Scotia, but mm-hmm. could be my home bay. Yep. Could be just as much <laughs> as any other bay. Yeah. So we had some clot worthy speculation here. And uh, Plotworthy gives he, us facts and speculation. He loves to speculate. Um, it's in his script, <laughs> right? He's okay. He's, he's scripted. the only scripted person. He's scripted. None of the rest of this is okay. Uh, Plotworthy speculates whether Anson attacked the Anvil's um, fleet as an act of war, or if it was because of the cargo that they may have had, and that leads us back to Depends the document on. found by Doug, mm-hmm. the ship's log that you know says there's lots of treasure. Uh, being buried, possibly Mahone Bay. It could have been for either reason, but what he put in his documents is what he wanted you to believe. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, it's not like it is nowadays where you can, I mean, you could write up your ship's log and your capture documents to say something and then you know, no one would know there's a few Bobby Dazzlers missing. It sprinkled over on lot seven and eight. <laughs> Fell out of his pockets as he's running through the forest. Oops. Yep. Yeah. All right. So um, then we had, let's see here. Officials in France tried to get uh, Captain Pouquart uh, out of prison, including a member of the Rochefoucauld family. But Anson wouldn't let, uh, would him, wouldn't let him out of prison for a very long time. I'm surprised he let him out at all. I'm dubbing that guy Hogwarts. Hogwarts? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hogwarts. <laughs> That's what I thought they actually said in the episode. I was like, really? That was his name? <laughs> yeah. Um, Alex suggests that he may have been freed because of the information he gave up that led English exedi- expeditions to Mahone Bay. Marty says that he can buy that, and Alex follows that up with, uh, that could be the reason that they're finding so many different kinds of artifacts from different nations on Oak Island. I thought that was really telling because that is the case. We're seeing so like British, English, like both were like, were they fighting over the area? Why would we have this connection of both of them here? And a lot of it, it's not like it's a small amount. No. And they find so, so much artifacts from British and French. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, possibly Portuguese, so mm-hmm. it's all happening. Yeah, it's all happening on the island. Some connective tissue, if you will. Yep. All right, so we kind of wrap it up there with um, the trip to England. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a debrief, but before that, Marty uh, tells Paul, you know, he's done some excellent work for them, and keep that data coming. Paul assures him that he will, and they thank him on their way out. That's it. Yep. So, pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty darn cool. Okay, so I think all we've got here is the War Room Rahap Up. Wow, Rahap Up. Rahap? Have you been listening to Rob Has a Podcast? No. He does Rahap Ups. I was doing a rap. Oh. Wiggity wiggity rap. R-H-A-P. Mm-hmm. Rahap. Rob Has a Podcast. Oh. It's actually it's an actual like whole oh, podcast channel. Probably told me about that. Well, they, they do Survivor and the Amazing Race and they, okay. had, they had a mole podcast. Or a half up, they would call it. Well, let's uh, go back to our podcast. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we go into the war room. Mm-hmm. And um, present in the war room, we have Rick, Gary, oh. Doug, Tom, Billy, Laird, Jack, Steve, and Peter. And their video conference. Not Paul. I don't think Paul was there. I don't think we had a first Paul. 
Maybe Paul was there. I don't recall. I just I don't recall. When you Paul. say Peter, mm -hmm. I just think Paul and Mary. And sorry. There's definitely there was no Mary. Maybe they should get a Mary. They should get the, a Mary. Peter, Paul, and Mary. They'd be they'd they be could the just team. walk around and sing, sing, sing songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So Alex, Charles, and Craig were all there via teleconference or yes. video conference. So Rick greets Marty, Alex, and Charles with a cheerio. Did you like yeah. that? He used to be like, should I say cheerio? <clears throat> yeah, that works. That was pretty good. Too. All right. So let's dig into this war room. Rick says that they, they're interested in what uh, they've learned mm -hmm. in England. And Alex takes the ball and runs with it here. Yep. He's ready to explain <clears throat> to Uncle Rick what happened. Yep. They he explains how they went down into the Royston Cave and how it's not an actual cave and was dug by hand uh, into the rock under Royston. It's and... still an actual cave, Alex. <laughs> Just because it was dug by hand doesn't make it any less of a cave. <laughs> Alex begs to differ. Get out of here. Okay. He probably dug it. Okay. That's true. <laughs> so so he's like, this wasn't here naturally. I dug this by hand. <laughs> With my teeth. <laughs> Don't tell uh, my other uncle. <laughs> Rick? Other uncle, uh, I said. Yeah. Right, well, okay. So anyway, <laughs> back to reality. Um, uh, it had an overwhelming number of carvings in it, and it was larger in scale than he had expected. Mm-hmm. Which is why Gretchen wanted you to see it in person. Exactly. All right. So he does go on to talk about the symbols that had, they had found there and that they match what they had found in Dome and at Rochefoucauld Castle. Mm -hmm. And also on Oak Island itself with the connections made with the Rochefoucauld, including um, Duke D'Anville and Oak Island. All right. So Jack is here and he has something he has, a, he has to, you know, pipe up. Of course, because he loves the Templars. Yeah. And he asked about the symbols and what they saw and those kind of connections. And Alex then shared the uh, picture of the crucifix with them. Uh -huh. And Rick says, that's remarkable. And he actually says that's stunning. It is, though, to see them all side by side like that is really cool. I will definitely give that. Yes. All right. So um, Gary says, that looks like a match to me. Right. Like, and he is not smug at all. No, not at all. Uh, he's like. But I think he really wants it to be Templar or Roman, baby. He'd take either. Yeah. I think, he, I think he's, I think he would be more excited for Templar. You think they're, he'd be more excited for Templar than Roman? I don't know. They're just so much more mysterious and rare. Well, if he comes you know? on the podcast this year, Who? that's Gary. He's not coming on the podcast. I'm working on it. You heard it here. Be on the I didn't make a promise. Oh, okay. I yeah, said I'm working on it. You didn't hear nothing. <laughs> and. One of the questions will be, would you rather be Templar or Roman? Which would you rather? Because he won't tell us. Well, he'll either actual... say Templar baby or Roman baby. <laughs> he'll be, you know, he'll just say medieval baby. That's true. <laughs> All right. Marty uh, says that it's more likely than not that the Knights Templar were in this cave or, or they were part of its history. Mm -hmm. uh, couple that with Dome and he thinks that the Templar cross uh, has Templar origins. And he thinks that the Templar cross has Templar origins. I think I think it's uh, Drayton's cross. Ah, uh, that makes sense. The lead uh, cross, right? Yeah. Marty asks, um, <clears throat> does that mean that they were on Oak Island? No, but it does bring him a lot further along than he had been before they went to England. And it brings him even <clears throat> further along than he was in season one. And he just wanted to find any artifact prior to the money pit age. Any artifact before uh, 1790, 
five. It had like anything. That was anything. I think that, was, that he's like, that's going to be my one thing. Prove it. And then they're like, do. And they over and, and over. They, and he's like, well, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> then he changes like the date or whatever it is. And I feel like we should send him something that like quotes him from that episode and be like, that's your one thing. You already got it. You should be all in, Marty. Be all in. Uh, he's there. All right. So Alex went on to describe the brick that they had seen with yep. the 1347 written on it or mm -hmm. carved into it. And its potential relationship to Xena's map and how it may have been commemorative of when they left the region. Uh -huh. Okay, I just want to throw something out there too. Uh -huh. We have a we have a rock. It says thirteen forty seven on it. On Oak Island, we had a rock that had fourteen oh seven carved oh. into it. <laughs> That's a right, Bobby Dazzler. You're right. So we had the fourteen oh seven stone found by the Restalls. Back in like I don't know what was it the fifties forties. So did like they that. flee <clears throat> in fourteen oh seven? They fleed where? Fleed I don't know. Fleed Oak Island. Yeah, like is that the date in which they left? Well, that was literally so. That's sixty years after um, the thirteen forty seven number. Uh huh. So I mean, that's a decent amount of time to have. Mm -hmm. But that. You bring up a very good point. It wasn't the same kind of stone, but it, it you know, it didn't have to have be. To be, it just should be a stone. Well, the the it's literally just a rock, but it had 1407 card into it. The other one was a brick. Where was that found? I need to look at my stuff, but I thought maybe you knew off the top of your head. Something tells me like Smith's Cove, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. It because where it was found. I mean, if we see that the initiation chamber, I mean, that was a pretty important place, right? Mm -hmm. And if they left the date there, and let's say this is a, a commemorative or a fleeing date where that stone was found, if it was in its original position, then that place was likely of significance. And where those coming behind them would have known to go. Too right. It would be. Yes. Don't know, but maybe... Speculation <clears throat> says. I'll have to look it up. It's, yeah, be I, I'm sure I've got it somewhere, but yeah, that's it. Okay. All right. So let's see here. Then um, Alex then described the possible mermaid that they found on the wall at Royston Cave. And how Merman. I was going to say that, you jerk. <coughs> <coughs> I'm sorry. Zoolander reference, guys. My bad. I've only seen it once. I didn't think it was that good, but I've Deidre loves it. A lot. I love it. me some Zoolander. But I quote the merman <laughs> at her like pretty often. Pretty funny. So, anyways, the merman <laughs> was in the Rochefoucauld in the Roche Rochefoucauld coat of arms. Coat of arms. Yes. Uh, Rick says it somewhat reminds him of what like there's like a fish on the bottom of mm -hmm. Xena's map, and you know. They, oh yeah, he says it's like reminiscent. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's reminiscent. <clears throat> what I would say is it could definitely be a symbol of them, though, because you wouldn't who's going to go through the effort in this quickly drawn up map of drawing a mermaid. That's a bit more effort versus a fish. The, the chat wants you to give them blue steel. Wait, cool. Cool. All right. <laughs> um, anyways. Because it makes more sense to do just like a fish as your symbol, mm -hmm. right? It, I growing up, we had 
um, a kid in our class. His last name was Sturgeon. Everybody called him Fish. Well, if a mermaid's your symbol or your last name or whatever it is that you're known by, you know, maybe their nickname's Fish. So they sign their thing with Fish and it's not blatantly a merman. Mool merman. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that's kind of a sad part of the movie too. His father was shunning him. I know. Mm. And he's all sad. And yeah. they actually just came out of the mine. Yeah. The cave, man-made cave. <laughs> oh man. Maybe it was an initiation chip. Maybe Zoolander's actually. No. No. <laughs> he, he did get the black long though. Pop. All right. Yeah. Sorry, back to this. Uh, we're, we're almost there, guys. <laughs> Bear with us. Um, yeah, Marty uh, explains some of the other things that they learned and Duke D'Anville and how he made multiple trips to the region and some of them earlier than he thought. That really caught his attention. Yep. Um, Marty told them about the British interrogating Duke D'Anville's men to get data about him, about where they had been. Rick really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just all this... Uh, basically gathering intelligence right yeah and he says in his little side interview the information hunch and hunch hunt and research is an important part of the ongoing search for answers to oak island yeah like he and he's constantly said that and this is one of those things he always wants to verify so it's not some crazy goose hunt and right. you know it's information he he loves xena and Xena's map been that whole thing. So for him, if there's some validity here, that's probably, you know, makes his day. It makes him feel real good. Uh, Rick tells Craig, Marty, and Alex, and Charles that they have been, uh, they too have been busy on the island. And uh, Gary, he, he tells Gary, like, show him, show him what you got. And so Gary says that he's been grinding and finding. And everybody chuckles about that. And Gary shows him the jewel that they found mm-hmm. on Lot 7. Uh, yeah, that he and Jack had found, and he believes it's either a pin or a brooch. And you know what, Marty? I it's don't get excited when I find. I don't get excited when I find a piece of jewelry. And of course, they all laugh. Of course, because like Gary, you get excited <laughs> about all the things, and we really shouldn't speculate. But it's treasure, baby. <laughs> Yeah, everybody laughed really good, and Marty says, that's my man. <laughs> and Gary, save a couple of, for me to dig up. And uh, He, he says, must be a finder. <laughs> Gary says, we'll do, mate. <laughs> yeah. Potential so. Bobby Dazzlers, <clears throat> save for Marty. Save for Marty. Uh, yeah, then the guys sign off from London and say, well, you got to go beat that London traffic now, and they all say good, good day to each other. So And that's, cheerio. And cheerio. Pip, pip, cheerio. And then that's the end of the episode, and I thought it was a lot of fun. It was. I think it was a very good, informative episode. Yes. Like, I think we got a lot out of it. Both of these first two episodes this year, I'm really pleased with, honestly. Me too. Because I was going in not sure what we were going to get. But they seem to be hitting the ground running information-wise and, you know, with what they're giving us. Like, meat and potatoes up front instead of, like, this long lead way. Well, and treasure was found on this episode. Yeah. Legit uh, gemstones. It's treasure, baby. It's treasure. All right, so then we get the next time on The Curse of Oak Island. Yes, we hear Terry say there is something going on in the garden shaft. 
and we see Steve and Paul number one pointing <laughs> at bubbles emerging from the water. Ooh, right there. Yep. Yeah. Marty asks uh, Rick and Craig, what do you think of that? And it's something that we don't even see, but Craig says, it's very odd. They're probably talking about the bubbles in the water. Could be. Could. Uh, Gary is shown holding a corroded looking artifact and says that is something he'd class as treasure. That's treasure two weeks in a row. Yeah, he's holding it. Kind of looks like a little plate with, and he's holding it by the back like it has a handle or like a D-style like, hook to hang on to. It looked like a coat of arms. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Or a piece of a treasure chest. Mm-hmm. So we see Gary and Charles with Numistatist. Yes, you got it. Uh, Sandy Campbell in the Oak Island Interpretive Center in Prince's lab. lab. Um, who says that the roughness of the artifact they're looking at tells him that it's at least 500 years old. Gary and Charles go, wow. Bet they're gobsmacked. I bet they are too. <laughs> All right. So we also see Doug in the research center talking about a Canadian mining company that could come and help open up the garden shaft. That's Say exciting. what? Wait, where'd it go? It's the very last one. Thank you. The war room is filled and we hear Marty asking, are we going to actually be able to go underground into the shaft? And the guy uh, he's <laughs> talking to in the video conference says, yep. Rick says, that's fantastic. Marty, Marty says, says, brilliant. Brilliant. The end. So Until next week. let's go check out that five foot shaft that happens to intersect shaft two. Wait, five foot tunnel tunnel not shaft yeah because uh that would be a really short shaft that's five mm -hmm. five feet deep pretty yeah. shallow yeah no tunnel uh they're gonna be tunneling we're excited about this they're bringing in a, a canadian mining company to get down there dumas woo, woo, woo. or i don't know how you say it but i've been saying dumas i like that better than the alternative <laughs> Um, <laughs> I know because I try not to say it. Yeah. Um, you guys, thank you so much for being here today. Yes. That was a lot of fun. Um, if you haven't yet, click like, click subscribe. Why not? Smash that button. Smash the buttons. Um, no, you guys are wonderful. Uh, before we go, I do want to give a, a clue or not a clue. I want to give an Oak Island trivia question from this episode, but we're not using these ones today. This no. is actually two weeks from today, but this is your chance to hear. Um, uh, a sneak uh, you get a sneak peek at this week's uh, or at yep. the next Oak Island Trivia game. So if you play trivia you might want to <clears throat> write this down and keep it stuck aside. Pay attention, right? Right. Alright, so I need you to pick a random number between 1 and 10 and I will uh, go to that question because there's 10 trivia questions from each episode. Okay. And in two weeks from today we will be doing season or episode 3 and no, sorry, episode 2 and 3 for Oak Island Trivia. Okay. So here we go. I want number two. Because this is episode two. Actually, wait a second. Rewind. We're going to do Oak Island Trivia today. Yes. That's episode one. Yes. It's all about episode one. Because, only episode one. Because it was, it was a two hour episode. It was a two hour episode. A week from today, mm -hmm. we're going to do episodes two and three. And then it's going to be two weeks after that. Okay. So we will we be will, here. We'll post it. Right. We will post it m multiple times. We're going to be here today for Oak Island Trivia. Yes. Next week, we're going to be there for Oak Island Trivia as well, because we will have literally just 
um, podcasted about episode three. Mm -hmm. So we will have episode two and three ready to go. We will do Oak Island trivia next week. And then it's going to be two weeks after that, because then we're going to have episodes four and five. I hope that makes we'll sense. Remind you, go to so Facebook, go to facebook.com slash Oak Island podcast, and you can find updated information there. Mm-hmm. All right. So you want a qu- the question number two? I want number two, because there's lots of twos. And we learned about Paul number <clears throat> two today. Okay. Paul the second. Question number two for episode two. Second Paul. Is not, has nothing to do with any Pauls. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Well, they're going to see a Paul, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. Question two. According to the narration of Robert Clawworthy, how many miles away is Royston Cave from Oak Island? Is it one, 2,600 miles? Is it two, 2,700 miles? Is it three, 2,800 miles? Or is it four, 2,900 miles? Go back and watch the episode and you'll have the answer. And then that'll give you a leg up. You'll get one step closer to winning the Golden Gnome and becoming a Lord or Lady of Scotland. And you can uh, maybe win something cool like this. Um, Assigned. Deidre is showing off to our podcast uh, viewers, the live viewers, the uh, a, a hat signed by Gary Drayton, the metal detecting ninja himself. Yes. And it's one of Gary's famous hats. You know, it says uh, Gary Drayton, treasure hunting. It has the skull and crossbones of his logo. Mm-hmm. He sent it to us to give to our to you um, guys. Yeah, to the people that win Oak Island Trivia. We have a box full of stuff that Gary Gary basically sponsored Oak Island Trivia for this season. Okay. We say he sponsored it because he's like, he's, literally all the grand prizes are coming from him. But just to be clear, he's not actually sponsoring it. No. Like. He's not. He's not paying no. things. No. But brought to you by Gary Drayton. Well, the prizes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we will, uh, there's like, I don't know, seven or eight prizes mm-hmm. in there. And once we get through them, then we'll have different prizes. Yep. Uh, because we will get through them through this season. But yeah. uh, if you want to win, 3 o'clock today, Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern, Oak Island Trivia, someone will win a hat or something else that they want from uh, Gary's Box of Goodness. Gary's Box of Goodness. Is it- that is lovely. Yeah. So we will see you all um, for Oak Island Trivia here in just about an hour and a half. Yep. So until next time. Could it be?